And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose. And welcome, 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 welcome to episode number 381 of This Old Marketing for Friday, June 23rd, 2023. It's almost my birthday, you guys. And with me, as always, my pal, my colleague, and a guy who definitely doesn't store his golf shirts in his secret document boxes, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you? Good morning. Good afternoon. Gag. Wherever, Good evening. <laughs> what, yeah, you're. <laughs> I always forget you're in you're in morning morning. That's right. And I'm in pretty almost early here, afternoon yeah. time. That's right. I do have so, coffee. I do have I do have a giant I have, mug. I have of a little coffee. bit of coffee. I'm on second cup coffee. You like my tilt okay. mug? Isn't that nice little tilt? I, I'm going away. Every yeah, time I like, I'm every time you, I'm drinking, I'm going away from the drink. Is the I, arrow? See oh, people. See, that's people right. that are listening you, to this won't get it. Because now it that should we can be see reversed. The arrow should be reversed. That the you tilt know, is toward your toward your oh, mouth as you. Oh yeah. As How you do I do it. that? I can't. Oh, there I you can go. do it this way. Yeah. I this. <laughs> this this, this yeah. is terrible podcasting. Yeah. You can't. It's, you can't really video way, and horrible audio. By the way, um, we've been getting some really good people enjoy very seeing sweet. our faces. Yeah, it's very sweet. I don't know. Are you getting I'm getting used to this a little bit more because I went for 10 years without seeing you. Yeah, uh, and now I, I, see I you. like it. I'm 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 I was slow to want to do it, as you know. And then. Yeah. But now that we're doing it and we're doing it, I, I think, I don't know. Right. What, whatever that means. Why do you. Th- OK, uh, why do you think we're doing it right? Why? Because I think we took the time to make it visually interesting um at least try to make it visual interesting it's always hard to make two talking heads especially two talking chuckleheads interesting visually yeah. to make a show um but after watching it a couple of times on youtube and on linkedin um and just sort of watching the show it is still one of those things where you can put it on in the background Um, You know, as you're doing other things and multitasking, but now that you've got the video component to it, you can sort of glance over and you can sort of say, oh, yes, they're, you know, they're, they're showing a news item or they're, you know, there's an image or there's a thing. So, I, I, yeah, I've heard a few people say that when we get to the news and we're showing the link or whatever, uh, Laura on our, on our team was saying when we were talking about the Browns logo and we were breaking it down on screen. Yeah, that's. That's the, that's the type of information you don't get a lot of on a lot no. of marketing media podcasts. That's true. That's right. Will. That's right. And, this uh, is where you come for the information that you don't need about marketing and media. Is, yeah, <laughs> we really have to work on our mission statement. Like that's right. Okay, it's uh, how do progress. we? Basically, how do you waste an hour of somebody's time, but they can write it off as work? Like if they were, that's exactly right. That's exactly. That's a really right. good one, by the way. Somebody, yeah. somebody write that one down. I like it. I like it. In fact, yeah. send them to us. We we should have a, like a little contest or something Ooh, to say, that's write the great. most ridiculous mission statement you can for how this old marketing is a useful podcast. And we will you and we should post the best one. We should we should post the best one like to our site and stuff. Uh, we will absolutely do it. Yeah. The best of the best of, of chuckle media. 
That's um, right. The, and, and get a and get a bucket of chicken. <laughs> and and <laughs> and big news. Yeah, uh, we're not we're not at this old marketing dot site anymore. Oh, we're that's this old marketing dot com. There you go. We made the it only move. took us. It only took us ten years, but yes, there we go. Well, the uh, a lot of people don't know this. Well, maybe you do if you've been listening long enough. We started with the dot site because we were sponsored by that's the right. dot site folks, which were great, and it was a great partnership that we don't have anymore, yep. and we don't have to use the dot site. We decided we've got the dot com. Might as well. We, we paid. Yeah. Nine dollars and ninety nine cents <laughs> for it. We might, we might as well use might it. Might as well use it. That's right. Well, yeah. for the last couple of years, I've just been renewing it on my GoDaddy account, and I'm like, you know, we should, should really do we should something. Put with it. We should, should put that to work. Should put that to work. How's your summer going so far? Uh, my summer has been really lovely. I yeah. mean, it's been, you know, there's all these reports that are about the weather uh across the u.s and how this is going to be one of the hottest summers ever on record and uh i mean texas right now is just in a you know under a magnifying glass it feels like burning up um yeah and and um but here in california it's been remarkably uh wonderful the weather my mild weather average weather it's almost july and we still have yet to break 90 degrees here that's that's crazy I think yeah, last year you were already, I mean, you were heavy into the nineties in early June. Last totally. Year. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and, and it's really been quite lovely. So getting outside and doing some fun, you know, things and just having the windows open, it's been, yeah, it's been. It's so been, basically you forced your normal right. weather that you get in LA onto the rest of the South and you just yeah. push, push all that and, and everyone else can be miserable. Yeah. And work wise, I think it's been a weird year work wise. Um, I, I, and I've, I've confirmed this is that, you know, I do my sort of classic walk on the dog survey of, of clients of, uh, you know, basically technology vendors that we interview for research, uh, just colleagues across the, the country. And I've sort of asked about the sort of atmosphere or the temperature uh, sort of business wise. And it seems to be a common comment it seems to be my experience as well which is there's a lot of hesitancy right now there's a lot of wait and see there's a lot of uncertainty right now with teams and budgets and things like that so there's a lot of you know there's there's a lot of uh sort of a pause it feels like there's 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 lots of like you know oh yeah we'll get to that in a two months right or we'll take that project on and we'll think about how we'll staff it in six months or something like that so what that has meant is that I've been and 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 sort of the flip side of that is I've been really busy, like super crazy busy. But I've been working on these classes and these this new education curriculum and all of this for something that won't see the light of day uh, until at least the end of the year, probably the beginning of next year. And so that combined with the busyness I've had on the book, I've been really busy, but it's, it hasn't it, it, there's a weirdness to it that it's like but I don't see any of the results of it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just been a weird year work-wise. Well, I think, no, I think you're right. I've, so we're not that far away from a lot of companies laying off a lot of people because we, and we talked about it on the show, the companies overhired in 21 and early 22, I think. And then they had to go back on that. If you look at every tech company, they've had to let people go and they've, 
paused their marketing and advertising programs in a lot of cases. I, we we were a lot of our supporters at the tilt that were sponsoring. They 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 wanted to continue sponsoring, but they said, "Now we're we're doing a pause on all of our sponsorship programs." Yeah. And in a lot of cases, they feel they have to because they they're cutting back in all these other places, and they say, "Oh, we can't. We're not going to go and be outward about our marketing promotion. We're gonna everything's going to take a little bit of a pause." Now, in the past month, a lot of those people are starting to come back and think about the end of the year in twenty four. So I, and this is all qualitative, Robert. I don't know, but this is just from my feeling. It's it seems like 24 is going to be uh, a, a more of a spending year when it comes for marketing because we've had this full almost 12 months of pause uh, coming off the back of these these layoffs. And let's wait and see. And everybody yeah, over. I, th- I do think we're seeing I do think we're seeing the tech sector come back from the overcorrection, I would argue that that we saw earlier late last year and early this year. Uh, and I would say. I agree with you. I think we've seen the the overhiring, the sort of the team size constriction and budget constrictions start to also uh, come back, right? I mean, you can see it in the employment numbers, right? The employment numbers still continue to defy gravity, um, you know, in the last in the last report. So it's and, and inflation's coming down. So everything's pointing to good things, right? So I'm I'm, I'm mildly bullish. I, I am. I'm always optimistic about it. My yeah. concern is, and we I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago, where we've hit an all-time high in the U.S. of credit card debt after everyone got their COVID checks and yeah. savings went to a, a 30% or whatever it was, this crazy number. Right. Now you're back to people deficit spending in their own lives. And I don't know how long that spending can hold from a consumer's standpoint. Because you're you're putting you're you're putting your new uh, what's the what's Apple's new Vision Vision Pro on your credit right. card or whatever right on your <laughs> PayPal you're account yeah, do. your PayPal pay overtime account yeah, yeah you're putting it's I don't know how long I don't know how long we can sustain that and then the Fed came out uh, this week and said that they're going to resume interest rates because they don't think they've gotten that inflation quite a bit or enough it's still an ongoing issue so more interest rates there. That's going to mean it's borrowing costs are going to be higher across sure. the board and continue that way. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, you've seen the stock market come back. Yeah, stock market is up across the board. Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum are up. I mean, everybody's sort of back to good times temporarily. I don't know how long yeah. that's going to last, but that's the thing that really kills me is this credit card debt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been there before, though. I mean, it's it's yeah, like for the last it's it's a natural it's a natural pendulum swing when when we've got interest rates like this that have been historic lows and then rose so quickly. Right. You know, because people started to borrow to basically borrow to pay back their debt. Right. And so they started borrowing longer term to pay back the debt that they had. and, And that, of course, comes at a higher interest rate. So it'll be it'll be interesting. And not that this is a financial show. No. But we no, tend take, to talk about it. Take no right. advice from us. We should do that as a contest too, right? The disclaimers that we have. For we have not. Yeah, we, we sort of talk. There's nothing that we won't talk about. There's we will go we to will the depths of any informational point. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, we, how is we your show flow show. this week? What do you, yes, what do you we have, have for wonderful me? show. We have some fun stuff to talk about this week. Uh, it is summertime, so and it is getting close to holidays uh, of, the, of the midsummer. 
uh, not midsummer. It just started summer. Summer that started this week, uh, actually. Anyway, you're at midsummer. Uh, you're two days into summer, yeah, and you're already at midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. You are old. The days are going fast. There we go. This. Hold on tight. <laughs> Remember this. Yeah, this. this you're this. I'm old. This right. old marketing. That's go ahead. Right. I'm sorry. All right. We've got some fun stuff here. We've got Twitter goes to con. Uh, trying to, and not con, not Star Trek con, goes to con France. Cans. <laughs> to bring back some Twitter goes to cans. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, we'll talk about what's going on there with their brand safety and how they're promising all sorts of new changes uh, with uh, Linda Yaccarino. Uh, and Yacca. then we'll, and then just paired with that, because we had to, apparently, Elon uh, has challenged Zuck to a cage match. Uh, and Zuck has said yes. And so Ooh. we'll talk about who might win in that uh, particular cage match. Uh, <laughs> then TikTok. <laughs> News out of TikTok. It is the first app, and by the way, the first non-gaming app to actually surpass $1 billion uh, in quarterly consumer spend. And we'll talk about how we had no idea that that was even a thing. And here they are. Uh, creating an economy that is worth more than $1 billion. Uh, and then we will finish up with uh, AB InBev because, of course, with the boycott uh, regarding Dylan Mulvaney and the LGBTQ community, uh, they basically AB InBev, the marketers, the senior level marketers there have come back and said, we should be humble with all of this boycotting. And we'll talk about what that actually really means and Eh, what what the lessons might really be. I will talk a little bit about commentary in our rants and raves section uh, about the continuing saga that's going on at Reddit, uh, to, uh, you know, sort of feeding off of my my little bit of a mini commentary last week and talk about what the current state of the world of Reddit is. And Joe will talk about, well, a fascinating trend in media uh, that might be larger, but using one from TalkSport uh, to sort of illustrate what is actually happening in maybe the dark, as he calls it, the dark web of media, which I find fascinating. I don't so think that's a go. proper description for it, but I'm that's what I called it. So we'll, yeah, I'm going to stick. I like it. I like it regardless. Okay. I like it regardless. That's nice. If you like it, then I'll stick with it. Well, that's uh, well, that's, you know, that's just, let's just make that's sure that fine. we all understand Yaka. where the power in this partnership relies. Yeah. Every, every time you say Yakarino, I, I think Yacarino. I think a Pac-Man. Yaka, Yaka, Yaka. Yeah. Why? We know it. That's Fozzie Bear. (laughs) She's the Fozzie Bear. We do a good Fozzie Bear. Social media. Linda Yaccarino. Yaccarino. All right. Here we go. Uh, Our first, uh, our cover story here, which is coming to us courtesy of Ad Age. uh, And this is about Twitter. And Twitter goes to con. Uh, Twitter promises brand safety to win back ad dollars in con. Even without Linda Yaccarino in con, Twitter's head of ad sales looks to assure marketers of the platform's safety. The uh, article opens up by saying newly installed Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino may not be attending the Conline International Festival of Creativity this week, but Twitter's ad sales team is there and they are speaking the language of marketing that Twitter owner Elon Musk never quite embraced, brand safety. Chris Reedy, Twitter's head of ad sales, attended the festival to assuage uh, advertisers' concerns about brand safety, which has been a constant problem on Twitter. Now, Twitter is talking about bringing in more guardians to prove that brands are not running any uh, near-objectionable material, uh, and even if more harmful content is on the social media platform. Good luck with that. 
Twitter's con presence was reduced this year compared to its previous showings. Yakarino, who just started in the role earlier this month, is not in attendance, and the company gave up a prime location on the beach where it used to host events. Google, Meta, TikTok, Amazon, Snap, Pinterest, and Reddit are all more visible this year. The article then goes on to still say, Twitter's making use of its time uh, and basically has a bunch of included tweets from Chris Reedy talking about all the wonderful things that they're doing to enhance brand safety and suitability at Twitter. What did you think uh, about all of this? And and is it even real? I have definitely a take on this based on my personal experience over the last month with Twitter. But what do you think? Yeah, I I would uh, continue my rant from the last six months. Twitter... (laughs) ad product doesn't work that's right so this is going to be a moment in time where we're going to say huh twitter actually had an ad product and they went to con to tell people that it was safe because brand safety and twitter go hand in hand um i think it's a bunch of bs if you ask me i don't even know why they're wasting time doing this uh, I, if you are thinking of, and this is terrible, I don't work for any of these other companies, but if you are going to spend social media advertising dollars, I would look at Meta's products. I would look at Instagram and Facebook, and I would look at what LinkedIn is doing, even though I have a little bit of concern about LinkedIn. They're throwing in way more ads into their feeds than they had in the past. I don't know if you noticed oh, sure. that. Yeah, well, the popularity is definitely not lost on anybody, right? So I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm don't no, it's, it's funny. My my son. I sent my son to a, a link in, in LinkedIn, and the first thing he said was, "There are a lot of people on LinkedIn." Like I didn't know, <laughs> didn't know that was a thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, welcome to. I think it was the first time he was ever on LinkedIn. So, how would you know? How would you? Yeah. Know? But I guess that this is all. What is this? Just a perception play. It's a brand. Pl- they're just having a little bit of fun. I think somebody wanted to go to con and they said, how do we go? Well, Linda, you're new. Go do the speech. Yeah. Go be by the, you know, there's a carousel down there or whatever. Go do well, she's the not thing. there. Yeah. She's not even there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then what's the, what's the point? Why are you even doing this? I don't even I, know yeah. why they're, I don't even know why they're doing this whole thing. Well, so. they're, I mean, it's, it's sort of checking the boxes, right? They, they, they need to be there else. This, we used to talk about this all the time in uh, when I was uh, CMO of a software company, right? There are certain events that you have to be at because your absence would be more of a story than the actual presence. Um, and so we used to go to these events. You know, we had a booth at the various events that we would go to every single year, uh, because not because they were so great, but because they were so inside baseball for the competitors yeah. uh, and the analysts that if you didn't go, you would, it would like your, your absence would like be so like, true. why aren't you there? Yeah. What's going on? And so I think this is exactly that. This is the ad sales team showing up at con going, you know, every, you know, there's the classic meme of the dog and the fire, like everything's fine. Everything's fine. That's, you know, that's, that's what this is, is, is really the ad sales team there because other news outlets which we uh could have easily covered as as the ad age story um have talked about basically they haven't really brought on any new big advertisers right the advertisers that they're talking about here with brand safety have either never left and just cut their spend or have you know or haven't come back basically they they have not yet come back so it's it's uh this is all 
this is all smoke and mirrors. It's all, all for show. Yeah. All for show. Yeah. So your Twitter advertising is broken fundamentally. I mean, my feed now, I mean, I've ranted on this show before my feed being as, as bad as it's been, it's now it's getting worse. I mean, if that's even possible, it's getting worse um, over time in terms of now there's, you know, there's more like weird trashy ads being put into the already trashy content. Um, and the only column, the only feed I can even look at uh, is when I'm referenced, like when I'm, you know, and by the way, so whoever, Joe, attended... you'll only go on if people are talking about you. It's basically what That's you're right. saying. Well, That's yeah, well, very it, easy it's the only way to use Twitter, but it's the only way I can actually see <laughs> followers, right? Is, is, is because if I go to my for you tab, 85% of what I'm seeing are not from people I follow uh, or who follow me. They're, they're just, don't they have to be at least from a friend of a friend? I think that's it. Right. I think it's I like think telephone tag. Probably something like it has yeah, to probably be something. something like that. Yeah. Um, that's and the technical then, term. but the, yeah, but the thing is, I, you know, there's that. Uh, and the, the, the fascinating thing to me is, is that I've now been to two events, two big events. So, cause CMI had our big, uh, content tech event this week three roughly three thousand people registered so it was a sort of you know it's a rolling event over three days so you get a lot of people who come in for a few sessions or some people who yeah. register for specific specific but great registration right normally twitter even in a even when we used to do the event in person you had maybe two or three or four hundred people at that event and twitter would be lit lit up right with the presentations right you know screenshots and you know oh this is a great presentation or i'm learning a lot or whatever crickets on Twitter for this week on, on any of that. People are just not using it in our space, in our sort of marketing tech, uh, digital marketing space that it has just, I think the usage, and this is anecdotal. I don't have data to prove this, yeah. but I think the usage has just fallen off the cliff. I think by, I think you still have your power users and you will continue to have your power users, but that middle, group kind of like you and I where we were going every day for a little bit of time now that it has become every other day or once a week or so you're gonna you're you're still gonna have your your siloed group in there but it's gonna be interesting the type of content that's gonna come out of there and, and the yeah. relationships we'll see I guess yeah. what, what I wanted to ask was do you believe well I don't know we won't get into that I'm almost thinking that that in two years the the revenue the advertising revenue line for Twitter if Twitter's still in existence has got to be minuscule they have to figure out a different revenue model advertising is yeah. not well, going I think, to do it it's not uh, going to support the, the company here's the thing I don't again I don't know this either but I would guess so it's Twitter has always sort of been that you know the I, I, Jay Baird said this years ago, and I loved it. It wasn't about how many; it was who was yeah. on Twitter, and uh, the celebrity sort of platform that was a great, you know, is where celebrities talked about everything, right? And that was sort of the high end usage of it, right? Was that sort of cohort, if you will, and then that middle ground where you and I sit, right? Sort of the B two B business marketing sort of talking about thought leadership, linking out to valuable content, the sort of more content marketing focus of Twitter was another uh, piece of it. And then there was, of course, always the customer service side of things, right? So, and I know that's too simplistic, but just go with me that those three sure. sort of major buckets of 
place of where, you know, how you interacted with Twitter. And it was that middle one that really was where the advertisers were spending money, right? So advertising, there were, there was marketing, there was, you know, consumer brands, certainly, but it was really in that sort of middle space that you saw a lot of that ad revenue. And I think I, I have to imagine that that's really where the bucket has fallen, you know, completely empty. The, the you know behavioral I mean? analytics, big brands. Well, yeah. If you're a huge consumer brand, you may be able to get something working on Twitter, but if you are really targeting the behavior of users, Facebook, TikTok. They're out. No. I mean, the algorithms are so smart today. I I hate to tell you what I'm seeing on Facebook right now. They know me so <laughs> well. Yeah, they are so amazing. And and uh, it, it's almost like I will think something, and I'll see an ad for it. Yeah, that it's it's nuts what's going on there. And you don't you don't see that with Twitter. You absolutely yeah. and you've never seen it with Twitter. Well, you, you still get you still get ads for the stupidest things. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, it, it's a really nice segue to our to our next story, Ooh. which is in the face of Meta and Mark Zuckerberg. And we've covered this on the show before launching a competitor, which couldn't find any news that actually said this outright. But I have heard from people that it's close. It's very close to launch. The, the Are you spreading rumors? Is are, this a uh, yeah, rumor? Of course. Absolutely. That's nothing yeah. what that's everything we do about this Good. show. Yes. Is to spread Again, yes. do we have to put the disclaimer out that anything heard anything. on this show is not necessarily <laughs> everything true. you hear on this show stays in the show. It's very much that's, like Vegas. I right? okay, it's that's very fine. Much as like long as that's Vegas. yeah, you can't, don't that's take exactly it out. Right. Don't take it. Although out. this is a story, this there, there is a story and there are people covering this because it is it, speaking of which it's live on Twitter, um, which is that Mark Zuckerberg is now ready to fight Elon Musk in a cage yeah. match. This coming to us courtesy of The Verge. Um, this is just as ridiculous as uh, it gets. Um, basically, The Verge opens up and says, after Elon Musk recently tweeted that he would be up for a cage fight with Mark Zuckerberg, the Meta CEO shot back by posting a screenshot of Musk's tweet with the caption, send me the location. I've confirmed, meaning the reporter, uh, that Zuckerberg's post on his Instagram account is in fact not a joke, which means the ball is now in Musk's court. The story speaks for itself, Meta spokesperson Iska Sarek told me. Uh, after this story was published, meaning the story here on The Verge, Musk responded with two words, Vegas octagon. He then tweeted, I have this great move that I call the walrus where I just lie on top of my opponent and do nothing. That's funny. That's that's Elon comedy at its best. I That's be pretty honest. good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Bad. That's pretty good comedy. Right. So then it has a couple of screenshots of the of the of the tweet. Um, and the the sort of back and forth between them. Uh, basically, this is all about Meta may, maybe launching the competitor to Twitter here in the very short order, which, to your point, Joe, may be actually a place where you could see something very interesting uh, come along. Um, and basically, it's you know it, it's a response to Zuckerberg at one point, I guess, on a podcast saying basically we're looking for a version of Twitter that is sanely run, um, which is not. I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so well, what do you think? I mean, well, if, so first of all, things, who first, would win? Who would who well, would win? Two things real quick on the Twitter competitor that Meta launches. Meta's yeah. tech is so much better than Twitter's. They might actually be able to. I still think it's a losing business model. Yeah. But maybe they could do something with it. I still think it's I think it's fake news. I don't think it's going to happen. That said, look at this picture of Zuckerberg. 
He, yeah, he's jacked. Yeah, he's, he's jacked. He's jacked. Yeah, he's. I would. I. I mean, it's a little bit scary. Look at those pythons he's got, man. This yeah. is. He's taking it seriously. I do not think that Elon is in the gym like Zuckerberg is. Zuckerberg no, is taking be, this thing yeah. seriously. Zuckerberg would kick the crap out of Elon Musk. Well, by the way, Zuckerberg is already uh he's an aspirational MMA fighter and basically he's he, he's been studying jiu-jitsu for a long time. You don't want to mess with him. And by the way, <laughs> no. he never loses. He uh, he should he should have lost that whole lawsuit to the Winklevi. <laughs> and he had to right? pay a little bit of money oh which ends gosh, up being yeah. 0.001% of his holdings and he wins he he yeah, just it's a knows how to win yeah 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 yeah, yeah the so, whole metaverse thing that was a temporary setback which by the way the metaverse thing is going away the as a yeah. term i believe yeah people will need to stop using metaverse because but it's tainted. here's the here's the it's interesting thing though here's the interesting thing and why i'm maybe a little more bullish on meta launching a competitor here because it would come through Instagram. I think that's been pretty well reported. It would sort of come out of that, right? It would be sort of a Twitter clone. Instagram out of Instagram, would birth not it. Not necessarily Facebook. I think so. I think that's what I've read. And Insta so, twit. what's it called? We, talk, we called it, remember, we called it Insta Flop, right? Insta Flop. Insta Flop <laughs> yeah. would be. Yeah. yeah. But here's yeah. the, yeah. here's, I think it would, it, it would have a chance because the disparity between audiences is so vast uh, right now. In other words, t Twitter is the small backdoor sort of, you know, raccoon at the door of Instagram in terms of size, right? It's just, there. there's no comparison. Instagram would only have to convert, and I didn't do the math and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it would be easily done. A very small percentage of their current audience who could use their existing logins because they could make it very easy to do a single sign-on across Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and this new thing. And they're already yeah, they're already doing it with Facebook and Instagram. Exactly. So. so they could immediately offer, like, use your existing account and just add this cool new thing that is join, that is yeah, a join Twitter like the, thing. Join the flop for free. Exactly. Join the flop for free, and think about all the celebrities who would just go, oh, "Of course, right?" And that becomes their new platform because there's no risk. And they can already do it because they're already doing it on Instagram and they can already start posting and they can make that their default press release or communication with their fans and all of that, which means more fans come online, join Insta, join this yeah. new thing. And basically that encourages us, that middle bucket to start to join. That encourages ad because they're already talking about brand safety over there in much deeper ways. And it could very easily just put a giant hole in the audience bucket of Elon's Twitter. And I, I, I think it could work. I, I really do see how. Maybe, it yeah, work. maybe you're right. Although Elon doesn't need any help uh, seeing this thing go down the tubes. He doesn't. No. He could do it all by himself. And he's doing yeah, a he really, really good job. It, yeah. So let's, you know, when, when somebody's making a mistake, right? You, you, what what, what <laughs> right. movie is that from? That's when, when you're when your enemies make a mistake, don't interrupt yeah. them. What's yeah, that from? Sun Tzu Art of War. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just yeah. just let them go. So yeah. yeah, you could do. So you create the the single sign on. You go to the flop, and instead of a tweet, you do the flip. So I'm gonna do the flip and the flop. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. so stupid. They're, it's not. They're not gonna do it. I know that. Yes. Is could it happen? It's not gonna happen. 
Why waste their oh, time? I could totally see this happening. If, the only okay. The only yeah. reason the only reason why this happens is because Zuckerberg hates Elon and wants to destroy him. That's the only. Re- this is not a business model discussion. This that's that's it. And that's well, why he's a, getting jacked. Here's the thing: it's it's so easy to do. As you said, the technology is child's play. Just here. because it's right. easy doesn't mean it's right. It, well, you, you have that e- you have that stenciled somewhere on your wall at home. Just because it's easy doesn't make it right. <laughs> it yeah, I, I I absolutely see how this this even if it's a small thing, it could be very it could be very easy to do. I I don't know. I I put a bet on it. I would put a bet on it, that they're going to do something in this space. Okay, let's put a bet on it. Yeah, how long? Let's give like, it. Uh, let's give it till. Let's give it till se- fall, September. Let's give it till September. Back to school, right? So, you think something's going to be launched by September? Correct. Oh my God, I'd take that bet. Heartbeat. There's no okay. way. There's yep. no, nothing moves that fast. We're in media. Who, I am telling you, it, we're uh, just getting some, started. This podcast is ten years old. It's new. That, it's a new it's podcast. Brand new. It's brand That's new. how. Yeah, we're yeah we're still we're still. <laughs> whatever. All right. <laughs> But I like it. So, and the and the audience will hold us yeah. true to this. It's, so we've okay. got. So we've by got September, Disney. by mid, I'll give you to the end of September. Uh, Meta launches Instaflop, the yeah. competitor to Twitter. And what are we betting? Are, are we betting basically? Can we can we make the bet that you'll finally give up the ghost on the whole Disney Apple thing? Oh my God! How can I give up the truth? Yeah. If okay. I give that up, that's part All of my right. core mission. All right. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll, okay. I promise that I will stop talking about it for six months if I lose. How about oh, that? Good Lord. That's not even it. That's yes, That's yes. good. Thank you for nothing. That is. That's that good. Is... If I didn't, I mean, every, almost every show I talk about it. So you, you'll you go. Oh, that's a lot of shows. Like 24 shows that I won't yeah. mention it. That's yeah. a pretty well, good. I think I'm there putting was a, a lot on the dinner line at, there. At, at, on the line at some point. But this you know, is, well, what are you gonna? What, you're not gonna give up anything. What are you gonna give up? I don't know. I don't See, know. I I bet you a big. We're terrible at this betting thing because we September. can't. I'll yeah. bet you five dollars. Okay, there we go. Okay, five dollars. Something okay. with teeth. <laughs> Fantastic. It's a meaningful amount of money to me. All right. <laughs> so let's go to our next story here, which is about a meaningful amount of money, uh, which is uh, courtesy of Media Post here, and this is about TikTok. TikTok is the first app. Uh, to surpass $1 billion, $1 billion in, in quarterly consumer spend. In Q1 2023, TikTok became the first mobile app ever to surpass $1 billion in worldwide consumer spend across iOS and Google Play in a single quarter, according to apps analytic firm Data.ai. The Honor of Kings game came in second at $570 million, followed by YouTube with more than $530 million. TikTok is something of a unicorn. Uh, when it comes to this business model. In contrast with other non-gaming apps, which derive nearly 70% of their worldwide sales from subscriptions, TikTok depends primarily on one-time in-app purchases, many of which are purchased as gifts for friends and family. The social video giant has built a large and loyal fan base, allowing it to forego the reliability of the subscription model and instead rake in billions of dollars with TikTok coins, notes Data AI. This is likely to have caught the attention of other social platforms that have not yet cracked the monetization beyond ads. I wonder who that could be. Yeah. 
TikTok was the only non-gaming title among the top 10 by one-time purchase revenue in the U.S. in Q1, uh, earning more sales than some of the world's most popular games, including Candy Crush, Saga, Roblox, and Pokemon Go. This, I mean, is, this is... I it's, this is amazing. I mean, I didn't even know. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know this was a thing, that TikTok coins was a thing. I had to go out and research this. And it's a thing. What's I mean, it, what are getting, TikTok coins called? So TikTok, they're called TikTok coins. They're, they're, That's they're it. Called TikTok they just called it what yeah. it is. Good for yeah. them. They and didn't name it's it. It's basically a, it's, it's a, it's a currency that TikTok invented. And so you buy TikTok coins with real fiat currency. And when you buy these TikTok coins, you now have them in your account and you can do things like tip a content creator or sign up for their you know, stuff um, and get, you know, or, or just send it to a friend if you want to send it to a, can, you know, send if the you, money to if a friend. You, if you get, the, if you're, if I'm a creator on TikTok, which I'm not, but if I was doing yeah. a good job and somebody gave me a coin, could I then take that coin and create a dollar out of it? My, I can yes. cash it out, and there's a I, there's a ratio of of a coin to dollar ratio. I would I would guess so this is a real life yeah, currency. I, yes, this is a real this thing. It's a billion dollar. It's a billion dollar currency. It's a billion dollar marketplace with its own currency. Right, it's its own casino. You can go into the casino and you can spend those chips however you yeah, want to so spend those chips. So it's its own cu currency, and the sovereign enti entity that owns that controls that currency is a as a Chinese company called there tiktok go. there you go i mean it's Man, a it's an amazing is, I, you get really deep into this this is scary uh, it's it's yeah it's crazy and you know i would I, I, and i i plan to go do a little more research in terms of you know what's the margin on it like where do you pay as a consumer do you pay on the sending do you pay on the cashing out i which is where i would guess you pay is when you cash out like you know a hundred uh tiktok coins is not worth a hundred dollars Right. So it's probably worth some, you know, you probably pay a fee to cash out, which is where they make money. Right. Is people cash yeah, like, out like a Stripe or yeah. Or Ven Venmo. Venmo. That's right. It's like Venmo. That's right. So yeah. that's so that's the to be clear. It's not that TikTok is getting a billion dollars of revenue from this. It has created at, you know, people have purchased a billion dollars worth of TikTok coins. And that is. Uh, but it's just it's the same thing as, as if I bought. Uh, if if uh, Starbucks saw one billion dollars in Starbucks cards, right? Same thing. Which, it's yeah. Which people forget about this wonderful financial and again not a finance show, but the, this wonderful financial thing called the float, right? Because where that where where does that money go? Well, it goes right into a bank, and they're so they're not only earning when you cash out theoretically. I haven't done the math, and we'll figure that out, but. Not only are they earning money if you cash out or at some point during the transaction with a fee of some kind, almost certainly, but they're also winning because that $1 billion of purchased TikTok coins are real fiat currency that goes into a bank and sits there and earns interest and can be loaned out. And that, you know, it, it has been said so very incredible. much so that, that uh, Starbucks with their Starbucks card is a bank. They're, they're, it's a, you know, they're, they're, is, they're, they're like a bank. Apple, they're sitting on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, Apple, those Amazon, are those are big these. businesses, yeah. and there are financial rules for when they can put that certain things down on their balance That's sheet right. with that stuff, and when it needs yeah. to be used. They can leverage that, that, but they can leverage even if they just yeah. leverage it a little bit and get sort of a standard rate of return on it, like a five or six or seven percent. 
you know, standard rate of investment return on and don't over leverage the, you know, what's sitting in that quote unquote escrow account or whatever it is. But we have to be on TikTok, right? So we couldn't tell, yeah. ask people to send up this old marketing TikTok coins because we actually have to have a TikTok account. Correct. You have to I can't be in move the it outside. That's right. See, Bitcoin's got the same problems. Like if you don't accept Bitcoin, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an issue. Right. Well, it's even, but it's, but it's even more interesting than that because Bitcoin, you, you can hardly spend it anywhere. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's at least, at least within the, 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 uh, well, it's, you can in El Salvador. It it is. Well, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. It's become, it, it, it will get there. I I mean, my, you know, my whole thing on it, it doesn't have to be a currency right now. It can just be a store of value, but in the future, in the very, very, everyone will be able to use it. That's right. It's, it's coming. That's right. But regardless, yeah. this is amazing. I'm glad you yeah. sent me this. I did not know that this was a thing. Yeah, I I did not know. I well, I knew I, I knew that there was something, but I didn't know it was this big for sure. And to the fact that it's coming out twice as big, you know, even if you don't believe data AI's numbers here, because it would be impossible for them to really know the exact number. But even if you so, even if it's not quite a billion dollars, even if they're estimating and they've you know. The, the fact that it's twice as big as the next biggest thing, which is a, you know, which is the, uh, the candy crush, uh, you know, that is a crazy amount of money, right? Crazy. Even if it's, even if it's $700 million, right. Even if they're off by 30%, $700 million. I mean, that's just crazy amounts of money to, you know, if they're getting 5% on that cheapers creepers, that's, you know, that's just, it's free money. It's literally printing money. Ah, anyway, it's that's just... a lot of credit cards connected to TikTok. I'm a little uh, nervous about that, but you know, I have my issues there. So yeah, well, uh, okay, that's a whole gonna yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's, yeah, but that's <laughs> all right. Show. Okay, getting, to, getting yeah, getting to our our last story here that we're going to talk about, and yes, here we go again. Uh, AB InBev. Have we not talked about it? But it, you know, we it, I actually wrote about this uh, for CMI last week. Uh, to celebrate uh, Pride Month, um, but uh, yet the story continues, right? So yeah, here's it's one. fascinating here. This this article. Before I jump into this article here, which is coming from Fortune, courtesy of I, yeah, Fortune, I can't yes. get into this article because I hit the paywall. See, I okay, so here's paywall. here's the amazing thing about this, and I'm going to just rant for a minute. I, so if anybody from Fortune is out there, you suck. Uh, just, just this is this is <laughs> a little constructive criticism. Yes, this you is suck. just awful. Right. So well, well, look at that subscription. It's awful. Le- I just want you to look at the pricing there. Right. I signed up for the one dollar month trial because I want to see what it's all about. Right. I'm prepared to subscribe to Fortune. I, I, I have a lot of subscriptions mm-hmm. now after the one month trial. If I forget that automatically converts it. In other words, if I don't close my account by June, July 22nd, uh, neck of next month, basically, it's going to automatically convert into a $30 per month subscription. I see this. And I want you to look at the one year subscription, eight bucks. If you, but to get the eight bucks a month, you got to pay for the entire year. So, in other words, it's roughly 400 bucks, 300 and whatever it is, $360. If I forget, $360 a year to get fortune magazine. If I forget, if I'm just bad and forget all because I wanted it for, I wanted to see what it was all about and pay a buck for the one month trial. And it's basically $90 a year 
uh, if I want to pay for a whole year up front. And if I want the print magazine, like if I want to not save the planet, I want print magazine along with it. Basically, you can see it's 10, it's $11, you know, so roughly a hundred, whatever that is, $130 a year, but $300 to, for me to get a one month demonstration of this thing. I mean, that is just, that's just awful. It's just, it's just predatory. I think I, you know, because people aren't going to pay attention to that that much. They're going to pay attention to the $1 monthly and they're not going to actually do, you know, this is definitely a, a, a an impulse buy for many people to sort of get to an article that they want to read. Because yeah, you get so frustrated. You're like, I really, I want this article. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to spend the And I know why they the do process. it. I know why they're doing this. This is basically a, you know, as you can see, you could, the, the save $235 that what they're trying to get everybody to do is sign up for a year, which of course gives you predictable revenue. It gives you 12 months of predictable revenue as a media company. And I totally get the strategy behind it. I just hate it. I just yeah. hate it from a consumer experience perspective. Just, I, it's just awful. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and you all, they're always, they always want you to choose the middle one. Of course. That's, yeah. It's why yeah. Wendy's, it's why Wendy's created the triple cheeseburger. Which That's is right. actually a thing. Did we talk about that last time? No. Wendy's wanted to sell the double cheeseburger. They couldn't sell it because people thought it was too much food versus the single. So That's what right. they figured out is they'll make the triple. Nobody will buy a triple, but they'll start buying the double. And Wendy's revolutionized the cheeseburger industry. And now people yeah. think a double cheeseburger is a regular portion that actual right. human beings should consume that much meat at one time. That's right. Well, and this is, by the way, a classic marketing technique that's been around for yes. forever because you can see this really in the home appliance. Um, home appliances are famous for doing this, right? So you go and you look at a blender or a coffee maker or something like that, and you'll see basically there is the basic, basic version. Then there is the you know wonderful super version. And then there's the deluxe sort of feature rich version yeah. and basically the feature rich huge luxury version only exists so that it basically sets a price point for the middle version which is same as a car highest margin yeah, yeah same as a same car same as a car yeah it's like uh, you know i'm gonna buy the middle one that has a steering wheel and that's right exactly. and the brakes work that's right that's right uh i'm gonna go to this uh bbc article because i actually ha it's the same thing so you can talk about it oh you okay. you you, but you have. Well, I'm going to get you my have dollars access worth. to the Fortune article yeah. now. I'm going to, okay. yeah, I'm going to get Go my ahead. dollars worth out of Fortune. Tell me, here, so let's tell me let's, what it uh, says. Tell so basically, what, what has happened here is that Bud Light's multinational parent, AB InBev, the world's largest beer producer by volume, is eating an American-sized portion of humble pie. That's what you get for your dollar, folks. That's that's that great cutting journalism. Um, anyway, <laughs> get some journalism. Angry about the whole thing. <laughs> journalism. Journalism. I like quality journalism too. <laughs> it's a verb. It's, it's, it's the is the present participle of the word journaling. Anyway, what in are you doing in there, Sonny? Leave me alone. I'm journalism. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's a there's a dirty joke right there too that I'm not even going to go near. Okay. Oh, dirty red. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We have completely broken go down. Ahead. In reference to the ongoing boycott that has decimated sales with the once dominant U.S. lager, the mega brewer's global chief marketing officer indirectly admitted on Monday that his team had failed in an attempt to broaden the brand's appeal beyond its core demographic. 
A single Instagram post using transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney to promote the beer to less fratty consumers resulted in a catastrophic plunge in sales. Even the support of country music icon Garth Brooks couldn't prevent America's favorite beer from losing the crown to Modelo, especially in the month of May, the first full month of the impromptu boycott. As the quote goes, in these times like this, when things get divisive and controversial so easily, I think it's an important wake-up call to all of us marketers for us to be very humble, said Marcel Marcon, uh, addressing an audience of peers in Cannes, according to trade publication Adweek. The native Brazilian was in the south of France on Monday to accept on behalf of AB InBev a coveted Lion Award. As the most creative marketer, the second year running, the only brand to earn this distinction in the 69-year history of the advertising world's version of the Oscars. So this is basically him accepting an award for how innovative their marketing is, only to be going up on stage and saying, yeah, we suck at it. You mean um, the, the marketing team that they let go or put on? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Temporary leave? Okay. That that's right. Sense. So the article in here in Fortune basically goes on to say that the election is now underway and that... Um, uh, that Marcon was quoted as saying, it's tough to see all the controversial and divisive debates happening in the U.S. the last couple of weeks involving all sorts of brands and companies, including and especially Bud Light, uh, saying his company was reminding itself of the need to really understand our customers. Oh, I have so much. I, I, I have so I, yeah. much. There's so, so much wrong with me, this. But let me, yeah. um, let me say a thing, but then I want to get your take. So it's yeah. clear it's been a month plus now and. Not only Bud Light, but sales of Budweiser, uh, Bush, and Natural Light are all down when the, the when the rest of the category is up. So this boycott is working. And what's amazing to me is that the people that are boycotting Bud Light also know that these other brands are so associated with it, which is which is something in and of itself. So it, and people have lost their jobs. Uh, there's people at uh, InBev that don't know how long it's going to take them to get back to a point. So this has done major damage to this company, this yeah. marketing move. Why? What you're, you're in, you're in the seat. What like, what are you doing? Is this something they just should have never done? Is it because unlike Nike who did the same thing with Colin Catmull, similar thing with Colin Kaepernick, they stuck yeah. to it and they said, we believe in this instead of backpedaling like InBev has. It's like, so, oh, no, no, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. we're just going to talk about beer and good times from now on. Basically what they came out and said. Yeah. We don't want to ruffle any feathers anymore. And so you will never see anything controversial out of this group for a long, long time. Right. So, so what here's do you, what do you think? well, here's what I think. I, so three points that I'll make. Uh, and one is in response to I don't know if you heard uh, Galloway, Professor Galloway, talk about this on Pivot. Uh, I did not. So he, the, one of the things that he said that got me thinking about this uh, and was one of the reasons that I ended up writing the piece that I did for CMI <clears throat> was he said, and, and he, it was a new piece of information that I hadn't researched and hadn't gotten into and it, uh, have since looked at a little bit. And it's fascinating. Beer as a category is, is been on decline for, uh, you know, a number of years. Right. So, the beer market is being surpassed by spirits uh, in many ways. Uh, and okay. so the number of beer drinkers generally is decreasing. <clears throat> so it's a declining category where everybody's trying to innovate and become the number one in this, in, in, in a shrinking market. That, okay. Before you go on, but yeah, you, but you, does that include like seltzers? I think it's just, 
think yes, there's as many or more people drinking this stuff. It's just it's just different kinds of beer. You got the twisted tea. Does that all count? Uh, I have not gone to that depth of research. What I've okay. what I have seen is that the beer market, generally speaking, right. is in decline. Okay. It has Go gone ahead. in decline. Um, and steady decline for a number of years. I don't know if it's being surpassed by seltzers and teas and other sort of canned yeah. sort of portable alcoholic drinks. But I do know that spirits have really risen, right? Especially tequila. Tequila has become, you know, it has has become a huge, huge growth. Um, anyway, <clears throat> the point being, his point was this was the wrong thing for them to do because pulling the rug out in a declining market uh, is, you know, basically it's a self-sabotaging move and that they should be focused in on making sure that they're widening the, you know, their, their core base, right. Deepening their core base rather than sort of um, trying to segment. And, and, and he says, you know, and this, but, but what I say to that is no, and when I look at the because the whole premise here, the whole premise of the boycott and what we're talking about here is that we're talking about an, you know, something that is different. Right. Which is, of course, the LGBT community here. And I don't buy into that whole premise, which is the the brands that succeed. And by the way, the number of brands that did LGBTQ advertising this month with regard to pride isn't down. Like they're all still doing it. Everybody is still doing it. Including by the way, some of the brands that, you know, Apple is doing it and you know, Peloton is doing it. And all these major big brands are doing pride month marketing. Some of them good, some of them. Okay. Some okay. of them a little cringy, doesn't matter. So why is it that Budweiser gets thrown under the bus here because of this boycott, right? Because last year, by the way, they did an even bigger campaign and they've been doing pride, doing the bottle, doing the, the rainbow bottle. They've been doing that for years. They go their Their pride marketing is not new. It goes back 10 years. And so they've done everything from sponsoring parades to donating to LGBTQ communities to all, I mean, just all these things. Now, some of them have been really cringy in the past, right? Some of them have been 2021. They did a really cringy campaign as I went back and looked. And all of this, what it tells me is, is that this is not this year's problem. In other words, yes, this year is more heated. This year is more controversial. We are more divisive. There are, you know, but I don't remember Kid Rock shooting up a bunch of beer bottles last year when they did this thing. It just caught virality, and this boycott sort of caught virality. But it, but so, it, yeah, but it's it is different in the fact that it's always been, I think, lesbian and gay issues, and not necessarily trans issues. That wasn't that the difference this year. That well, seems that's okay. I'm, again, I'm no, I, I'm not an expert in this area, but. Um, it seems to me that the conservative group, like the Kid Rocks of the world, have no problem with the lesbian and gay initiatives and having friends and that lifestyle. It seems to be the transgender issue that is the big one right now, because that's what I'm seeing and hearing. And the people and that's what I was, you know, I, I was at a party 
and there there was Bud Light there, and there was a guy they came over and said, I ain't drinking that stuff, and whatever, and goes over and makes the comment, and it's the it's a trans comment. That's the difference, right? Yeah. They I'm leaned not, into that. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think they're making that nuanced of an argument. I really don't. I, I think this is a it, this is an easy excuse for them to get uh clicks and attention and all kinds of things that is on the wrong side of this uh this argument my whole point was going to be is that this the the entirety of what happened here is bud light not believing truly believing as an institution what it is they've been saying right so in other words That's this is an it, yeah. this is an admission that everything they've been doing is uh sort of pride washing, right? Which is sort of, we're only doing this to sell more beer. Um, and we don't understand this audience and we've, and, and basically we don't, you know, so in, in my view, the humbling part of this is not that there is this sort of, uh, you know, a, a legitimate point of view being had by a small and vocal group of people that are saying, Hey, this is wrong. And so you should have humility about that the thing that they should have humility about is the fact that institutionally, they just didn't believe this. They only were doing it as some sort of transactional campaign to try and widen out the number of people who are selling beer. Right. So that, that to me is the mistake. And it's the mistake that Nike doesn't make. It's the mistake that Apple doesn't make. It's this Sesame street. Sesame street came out and set, had this wonderful uh, pride month celebration and all their social media and stuff. They're getting just as much pushback. Why isn't it getting as much attention? Because they didn't say anything. They just continued to do it. It wasn't, they just sort of did it. They just yeah. sort of let, this is, this is what's, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. And then people would tweet at them and they we're going to boycott Sesame street and we hate Sesame street, blah, blah, blah. They just didn't say it. They didn't respond. They didn't throw the marketing team under the bus. They didn't throw their social team under the bus. They didn't come out and go, Ooh, we might be wrong about this. They just kept doing what they were doing. That's the response, right? If you believe yeah. in it, then basically this is not a non it's a non-argument from the start that's my that's my major point no i think that absolutely i mean the the nike situation with colin kaepernick when kaepernick was kneeling during the national anthem and football games uh basically showing his silent protest against police brutality against african americans and all they like they the people that saw nike get behind that and felt something about that they purchased Nike products. They were supporting Nike because Nike was taking a stand. In this case, nobody from either side. Like there was nothing That's to right. make up. Okay, so whatever. Um, Bud Light's down twenty six percent or whatever. There's nobody from the LGBTQ community that's necessarily buying on the other side to offset because right. they know that InBev does not stand for that. That's right. Exactly. That's They've not part the, of their the, core mission. So that I, said, I think is a yeah. great learning that you just brought up. It's so important to say, if you're going to do this kind of marketing, it's, it's fine. It's great, but make sure you believe in it and you're going to stand by it when you do it. Right. And as, as I've said to so many more, and this goes well beyond the LGBTQ community it goes into sort of aligning your brand or celebrating any community. You know, this the same thing with Juneteenth and the same thing with, you know, any other community that you're going to celebrate through marketing is 
you know, one of the things you have to realize is that in order to be really right for someone, you have to be willing to be really wrong for That's someone exactly else. That's exactly right. And Your so content it, isn't for everyone. And if you don't believe it, if you don't believe it's worth it to be wrong for somebody else, then, you know, this is why the Garth Brook thing is, is, is his response is perfect, right? You want to be an asshole, go drink somewhere else. And that's it, right? It's that. The, so what you end up doing, and this was the point of my, my CMI piece, which is you can defend, you can defend your point of view, right? Always you can defend your point of view. Garth Brooks defended his point of view by basically saying, I'm, this is not an argument I'm willing to have because if you want go, go somewhere else, I'm not, I'm not willing to discuss this. But if your immediate response is, how are we going to defend this decision to have this point of view, which is what Bud Light did. In other words, they were indecisive about making the decision to have this point of view about LGBTQ and Pride yeah. Month. That's when you're making a mistake. If you're, if you're thinking, how am I going to defend this decision? You shouldn't make it. You should not do it. And that's, that's what I would encourage the head of marketing at AB InBev, Marcel Marcon, to consider. If you're not willing to defend, you can defend the point of view all day long by, by either not saying something like by Seth, what Sesame Street did or by what Garth Brooks said and actually taking a proactive response to the point of view. But if you're saying to yourself, how are we going to defend making this decision to go this way? Then you shouldn't make it. Then you should, because you, yeah. you clearly don't believe it, right? If you, if you, mm -hmm. if you can't, if you can't make the, 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 the justification for making the decision, you actually don't believe it. Yeah. I think that they're, to close this out, I think yeah. that their comeback to we don't want to ruffle feathers anymore we don't want a point of view was just right. terrible that it's hard just absolutely it'd be better to your point to say nothing that's right to just why why even say oh my god mia culpa yeah oh we don't want to ruffle you're, feather, you're feathers is telling the world that you don't you you yeah. don't believe in the decision just, right they just he just said I, we just want to be beer we yeah. just want to be loved by everyone i was like that's oh right oh my god that's whatever right. All right. That's right. All right. Before we get to our rants and raves section, let's just remind everybody, by the way, that we've got some wonderful stuff at thisoldmarketing.com. We're going oldschool.com. Old we've got the video versions of this wonderful uh, thing on YouTube. You can subscribe to Joe's amazing newsletter, The Tilt. You can join our little experience advisors community. You can get the show notes from all of our episodes. You can immerse yourself in 380 hours of chuckle-headed goodness over there. You can get all that stuff over on the website because we love you. We really do. We do. And by the way, it's you can you. send us voicemail. You can send us email. You can sort of tweet us up on the hashtag. They can give us story ideas. We love the story ideas, of course. And you can talk to us, literally. Um, so do all of that. And basically, yeah, do it on LinkedIn, too. If you're on LinkedIn and you're not on Twitter anymore, do it on LinkedIn. We, I'm, I'm doing the searches now on LinkedIn, and it's, uh, it's all good. So, yeah, there you go. All right. What do you uh, got? Uh, yeah, let me, let me go first. Um, I don't really know if I have a point with this. I just want to tell <laughs> you my experience is what happened. So basically, um, the U.S. Open was played last weekend, uh, golf championship biggest championship in the sport depending on if you think the masters is but doesn't matter and a gentleman named Wyndham Clark won and there was some con really no controversy but there was some controversy from some people that said that during the match his when he was addressing his ball his his ball moved and for those people that know golf is when you address the ball and you you move the ball enough that it actually moves, changes the placement, it is a penalty. 
what Wyndham Clark should have done is should have stand back, stood back and said, Whoa, I think my ball moved. I need an official to come in here. Didn't do that. Just go ahead and play. Nobody made mention of anything, but apparently the ball, what they call oscillated a little bit, went back to its normal place and there would be no need for a penalty. None of that matters. The point is, is that all of the major sports, ESPN, uh, the U.S. Open itself, PGA, whatever, didn't mention any. There was no talk about anything about this. Then there was some folks that shot the video and started promoting it on Twitter, social media, whatever, with this video and said, look at this video. The ball moved. He should have been penalized. It should have been a playoff. Should have never happened, whatever the case is. So I go, I'll show you this so you can see what's going on here. But like, this is one of the sites. I I got wind of it because I was on MSN.com, believe it or not. And it was the lead story on MSN.com coming from like this place, Talk Sport, which isn't really a sports site. It's, it's, I don't really know what it is. It's just somebody got together, put together a sports site and starts talking about, did Wyndham Clark's ball move? Fans rage at this controversial video. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even know this was a thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a thing? Whatever. I start, I go in and I search it. So I go to this thing. It's like, oh my God. This is today, so it's got some new things, but it's got a site called Marca on here. It's got there's another site here uh from Sportskeeda. Like <laughs> there's there's all these, there's the spun, there's Sports all Skeeda. these different types of there's a hundred of them of these yeah. things that are making this thing an issue that are talking about this huge controversy, all this link bait. And I, I'm going and I'm looking at every major site, Robert. I couldn't find anything, not even anyone talking about it. It was not even a thing. And now today, so this is days later, five days later, whatever. Now I go to um, uh, do a search and I, oh, the New York Post covered it. Oh, Fox News is covering it. And I, all I'm going to say is, and, like, and I don't think this is an issue. I looked at the video. It looked like it oscillated a little bit, but probably somebody should have taken a look at it. But the fact that no major media outlet was looking at it until you had all these dark media sites, hundreds of them were covering the same issue with the same video, using the same Twitter reactions and whatever. And then all of a sudden that bubbles up and it gets caught by the mainstream uh, media and I'm assuming the PGA is going to have to take going to have to look at this now. Well, that's yeah, that's uh, welcome to some... welcome to the media making the news by the arbitrage. Isn't of this traffic. crazy? So yeah, I, you know, I don't have a I don't have a comment on it, but you can see even per our last conversation, yeah. you could see how this stuff goes and goes and you get some people. But but if you're if it's any kind of controversial issue today, you've got hundreds, if not thousands of media, little media sites behind that uh, that are funded by different efforts to make sure that these things get out there. Um, And it's just it's interesting to know. I just saw it happen and it continues to happen. And there'll probably be some investigation coming from these slew of and I wouldn't call them. They're not fake sites. But they're not reputable sites, I guess I would say, because they're yeah. covering they're covering the worst of of sports. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you can see the same thing happening in news. You can see the same thing happening. You know, I mean, the New York Post is is famous for this. Right. Where, yeah. you know, you've got fringe news outlets like the New York Post, which are putting in clickbaity, sensationalistic headlines all in the name of we talked about this last week when we talked about the news right with this this you know the you know if it you know it the it used to be in the newspaper business if it bleeds it leads right 
yeah. <laughs> and you know, now it's like, well, I need to find something that rhymes with clicks, but basically if it clicks, it licks or something. Yeah. You yeah, you, yeah. You might want to yeah. stop right there. Yeah. There's yeah. Other basically. Things can, yeah. There, there's, we, we can well, all, guess, we can it, all it, rhyme. It, we all can funny. rhyme. That's funny because it will get to it. It does segue it into my Reddit comment here in just a moment. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think and to your point, it gets it's a cycle of it gets enough virality because of the amount of clickbaity, linkbaity head headlines that drive the story that at some point it starts creating the actions on the other side. Right. That the PGA will now have to look at this because. Yeah it's 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 got enough you know it's got enough vocal protest to it that they will see it as an opportunity to stay in the news right and that's that's the crazy news cycle that we live in these crazy just crazy anyways what what is your uh what is your Uh, mine very quickly here is that uh reddit is continues and so this last week you know we talked about last week how reddit uh because of the new api changes and the cost therein uh, were uh, basically really making the mods uh, who are all volunteers for the most part um, and sort of just have organically grown over time and have uh, taken over basically by blacking out many of the subreddits that were that were there in various topics. Well, that went fine, but I guess didn't really get enough uh, impact that they wanted the CEO of Reddit has basically said, Hey, this whole thing is going to blow over, you know, the API access thing. It's going to be, you know, um, but what we have seen over the last week, Ooh boy, if your (laughs) your Reddit feed has gotten a lot more, not safe for work. Let's put it that way. Many of the most popular subreddits there have basically said, Hey, we'll allow anything you want to post. So I just oh I was I, w- I was scrolling through literally scrolling through my feed last night of quote unquote most popular uh, or the home feed, which is basically a amalgamation of many of the subreddits that you that you frequent. And yeah, it got it. You know, speaking of if it clicks and then the rhyming with that. Yeah, you saw all kinds of things. Right. You know, you saw. You know, which I mean, it can only be described as not safe for work. I mean, it's just it's just stuff that you just like wouldn't want your kids to see. So they're they're all boycotting this thing. They're all doing this. And of course, now what Reddit has done is sort of thrown out their mods. My whole point in all of this is that as this adventure continues is I can't. This is a marketing problem. Again, a marketing and communications problem from the actual company. But reality if you pull the page apart and you just sort of look at the black and white issues here these mods have no reason to feel entitled right they they have built their hours and hours and years and whatever time that they've spent moderating these subreddits as a volunteer there was no expectation that they were going to have a career at this or that they were you know they're doing it out of the passion of their own heart and somewhere along the line because of the communications I'm sure were coming from Reddit. They got a little entitled. They've gotten entitled to say, hey, listen, this is ours as much as it is yours. And it's not true. As we've talked about many times on this rented land idea, just because you spend all your time there doesn't make it any more yours. And so it is It is truly you're giving your time away to build their business. Yeah. And you are replaceable. So it, it is, you know, you can you can say he's mean. You can say he's a jerk for doing this, the CEO. But it's perfectly within their right to do whatever they want to do. It's their business, it and is. they they want to manage it. And and it's so 
it is uh, it's a fascinating adventure to watch in real time this car crash in real time it's like who's gonna who's gonna back down first in other words do you just get to a point where you lose so much value from sabotaging the feed with stuff that the reddit has to give in or does reddit hold it line and basically wait for this whole thing to pass like the ceo says and says at some point we're going to have sanity return and people will be happy to be moderators in this new world i i don't know what the answer is yet but it's fascinating yeah well a lot of these things seem these boycotts seem to be lasting longer than any of us think so it's it's yeah. going to be interesting how long because i'm sure they didn't expect this no. um, my only my only commentary from what you were saying was I don't know how well communications were handled directly with the moderators. A lot of I'm sure it wasn't handled well at all. Yeah. Yeah. If they would have just started and saying, instead of putting out the whole, here's the API thing, here's what we're going to do. If they would have, if they would have just checked the box and said, okay, we've got to communicate with these groups of people. These are our most to make our community think it's their idea. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like, and could have got a little bit of a permission ahead of time because they would, they would have been fighting the battle for you. If you communicated with them ahead of time, which I'm sure they didn't do. Again, so they, right. they got again, as we just talked about, now the Reddit CEO is in the position of defending the decision, not the point of view. Yeah, there you go. In other words, you're def he's defending the decision that they're making, not the actual outcome of whatever that decision is. And so it's yeah. it's already starting off on the wrong foot. Unfortunate. Right. What do you got yeah. going on this weekend? Uh, I am hip deep in doing new classes and content and all that kind of stuff and some client work. And I've got a trip coming up next week. Ooh. Uh, and so, yeah. And, um, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be on the road as it were. You, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're into summer, you know, and, you know, in midsummer as you would put it, although it's only two yeah. days, including Ohio, <laughs> we're, we're doing all the things we're, yeah. we're going to the breweries and we're going, uh, we're going to the roller coaster parks and we're seeing family and we've got some graduation parties this weekend and we're just okay. having a good old time. So I, I absolutely wonderful. love it. And it's beautiful weather here in Cleveland, Ohio. I yeah. It's, it's beautiful perfect. weather here too. So we'll just get out there and enjoy the weather and hope you can enjoy the weather wherever you are, wherever this wonderful podcast finds you. And we will see you next week. And until we see you next week, just remember it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.